What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys today. Now, we're recording this Thursday, and tonight is the NFL Honors Show, um, which I, I expect some 49ers to get some hardware. Most importantly, probably Nick Bosa. Um, but what I wanted to do is, you know what? I think it's time for us to do our own uh nfl honors but we're just going to focus on the 49ers that's what we love that's what we care about that's why we're here shout out to all the hashtag ccs i love it mosquito killer what's up john uh he, he says man dude i i'm living the dream i'm very happy i'm starting to get on the back side of my like um how do I say this? Like retreat into myself uh, after the season is over and all the hope is diminished and all those things took a couple of days off, which I only took one full day off during the season. Uh, so from July 15th all the way to the end of the season, I had one full day where I didn't record answer emails, whatever. Um, and so I, I'm trying my hardest to get back into the swing in the off season. And so very, very excited about the future of the 49ers. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And that's what the majority of this offseason is going to be about looking forward. But today we're going to be looking back a little bit. Now, if you have questions, uh, I'm flying a little solo today. Uh, so go ahead and tag me in the chat. Love all the hashtag CCs, but we're going to be going through and giving our own 49ers team awards here uh, brought to you by the 49ers rush. Uh, the, these are our own awards that we're giving out. And I got a bunch. I went through, you know, obviously we're doing like MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player, all that stuff. But I added a whole bunch of other awards. Whenever I was coaching, it was really, really important to me. I'm not a big participation trophy kind of guy, but 
always thought it was really, really important to find ways to highlight positives with different players that sacrifice so much. So uh, I've got some of the unique Chapman, uh, <laughs> Coach Chapman Awards that I brought over um, from my time coaching that I want to give out as well. And I, and I want to hear from y'all where you disagree, who I missed out on, who should have got more, things like that. So as this conversation moves forward, be opinionated and let me know how you feel. Uh, that that's what this is about. This is a conversation, baby. Big Poppy says, "I'm looking forward to John. What is the opening day date for um 2023? I believe, I believe I could be wrong on this. Um, I think it's like early September. Um, I think it's early, early September. Now there's going to be that Thursday night matchup, which there's a possibility the 49ers open in the season because." If, this is a big if, and I don't really want to spend too much time on this, but if the Eagles win, the Super Bowl champion always opens the season at home, and the 49ers are slated to visit Philadelphia next year on a way trip. So it is very, very possible that the 49ers would open the entire NFL season at Philly um, for kind of that rematch. They love to do those and pull huge numbers, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think it's early September. I've already got a couple trips planned for the preseason, doing some fantasy football kind of draft stuff um, out in Canton, Ohio. They asked me to come back to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is really, really nice um, to sponsor their draft night out stuff. More on that later. Josh, he says, John, need any help? Let me know. I'm excited for off-season stuff. Josh, we are going to be talking soon, my friend. Uh, excited about that. What's up, Greg? We got the Gatton brothers in here. I love it. I love it. Now, a couple questions before we jump into some of these awards. Jose, he said, should the 49ers trade Mitchell? He's never healthy. So can Niners get a second for him? Hell no. <laughs> Not that I disagree with trading him, but you have to remember, why would the 49ers trade him? When he's on the field, he's incredible, but he's always injured. You are correct. Doesn't seem to be able to put together more than two games without getting injured, but every other team sees that as well. The best ability is availability, and luckily for the 49ers, this dude is pennies on the dollar. You went and got CMC. Now it's just time to, you know what? What you get for him, you're happy with, and that's about all you can do because he's so cheap. And whenever he's healthy, he's a game changer. He showed that. But um, I don't think you could get – there's no way in hell you get a second for him. I think maybe a fourth, maybe a fifth, uh, which is about where you drafted him at. So, like, I don't know. I, I think when you have players on rookie deals, especially the 49ers, right, one of the things that – especially with the NBA trade deadline going on, you're just seeing moves, 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 which I really wish the NFL would – you could make the trade deadline so much more fun. Yeah, Field Yates put this out there today. In the NFL, you're allowed to trade three seasons ahead, right? So we're going into the 2023 season. So as soon as the league year tolls um, after the Super Bowl, then you could trade 2023, 2024, and 2025 picks. Three years. The NBA, seven years. That's huge. Also, push back the trade deadline. The trade deadline should be pushed back at least two to three weeks. Why have it so early? If the trade deadline was just moved back one more week, you have all these teams that are convinced they're buying when they should be selling, like the Saints. Um, I don't know. You can go on and on and on this past year. But transactions are fun, right? Just look how much fun CMC was, right? Um, the, the Jeff Wilson trade. Holy cow. 
Talk about a fleecing. Ah, that was incredible. Jeff Wilson's now a free agent. And so Miami's going to have to pay him on top of that. Um, Anyway, Steven says, John, what position is the draft loaded in this year? Top end, uh, you're talking tight ends and corners, which 49ers could be in the market for both. Uh, But again, I haven't done. uh, I am setting up the parameters of my scout kind of uh, philosophy every year. It it all started off of Bill Walsh. He put out a draft academy and what he looks for in each position. And so what I wanted to do was quantify that. So for quarterbacks, here's the, you know, most important trait. And I do like one through seven. Okay. Accuracy, footwork, pocket presence, blah, 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 blah. So every single year I try to go back and that's what I'm kind of doing now, which isn't too fun for the show. And I say, all right, this was my number three thing to look for an offensive lineman. And I kind of need to bump this up and move this down and try to create a little bit more of a rubric, my teacher background coming through, um, which doesn't always work. And you want to quantify what you're trying to do for the draft so that you could get better, right? Because I've had misses. I was low on Patrick Mahomes because I saw him playing the, the Big 12 and that dude couldn't win a game to save his life. It just couldn't do it. Now, I didn't know how much of that was Kingsbury. Turns out a lot. But, you know, I used to have, I used to downgrade quarterbacks based on footwork and consistency and accuracy. Today's NFL has gone to show you can't do that. Josh Allen, right? Patrick Mahomes, those top-end guys. And so, like, you learn and you adapt. And you try to figure those things out. Does it work every time? It doesn't. But the draft, we're going to cover the draft in spades. (laughs) This is my first offseason or spring, I should say, of not being a full-time teacher and coach. So don't worry, guys. We got you. And and the thing, not so much that – how do I say this? What I do well, I'm not the best draft guy out there. However, I might be one of the better guys that can look at the draft through just a 49ers angle and a film and coaching perspective, right? There's lots of people that do amazing work in the draft, and that's their full-time job, and that's beautiful. However – my role, or at least the way in which I see my role, you guys could tell me I'm wrong here, is to basically be your personal scout with the 49ers scheme and draft picks and positions and all that kind of stuff in mind. That's the idea. Uh, <laughs> Thomas, he says, love the content from the Slopes. World Cup skiing come to California this month at the Palisades. Oh, I love that stuff, man. I, I, Skiing's like, I, I don't know why I like it. I'm not the best at it. I love it. Uh, I just love nature. And a lot of that's just because I grew up in Texas where there were no mountains. You go up to second floor and you can see Oklahoma. Uh, it's just as flat and brown as we possibly can. So when we moved to California, um, that was a big deal to me. And a lot of it, too, I just wanted to kind of expose my boys to different things that they would enjoy. And one of those is skiing. My youngest loves it. Oldest won't do it. Uh, Youngest, the 14 year old, we're going out uh, for one day this weekend. He's got Monday off uh, from school. So I'm going to take him up to big bear, which would be a blast. Um, Anyway. All right. Yeah. Josh says right here, Mitchell would maybe be a sixth or a seventh. I'm with you. I I don't think it's much Uh, Fox. I've heard rumors that it's a cornerback. Yeah. Cornerbacks are deep this draft. Uh, they really, really are. So here we go. What's up, Sin? I love it. Shot Jay in the house. We got all the people. Now, I didn't have an award for this, but perhaps I should have. Sean Ferris, uh, the fighting Irishman. What's up, man? He says, best trade of the season last year was absolutely Russell Wilson, though. Talk about a fleece. You're not wrong. And, man, Russell Wilson, I, 
you kind of know with some people that are just kind of like phony and fake and just non-genuine. Like you can just see it sometimes. Like he's not a genuine guy. Just got busted for his charity. Less than 25% or 25% uh, cents on the dollar in his charity. The Russell Wilson Foundation actually went to help anybody. Uh, he was keeping 75% for, you know, whatever. Absolute joke, dude. Uh, can't stand him on the field. Can't stand him off the field. I've never liked that cat. Now, I, I don't like him. I don't like him. Captain Cringe, it just so consistently just fake. Just fake. Um, and, yeah, I can't stand him. And I think that was probably the biggest NFL trade. Uh, Seahawks, they got a fleece. You know, and Russell Wilson's still screwing over the 49ers, even though he's not even in this conference anymore, let alone division. But I think that was huge. Then you got to talk about CMC. No doubt. That dude, he came over. You went 12 straight after that trade. Freaking unreal, man. Um, just unreal. Oh, what's up, Matt? I love it. He says, I need the Chapman offseason content. I've already done an embarrassing amount of mock drafts so far. Hashtag not sorry. Dude, I remember the years where I was doing mock drafts in October. In October. Because the 49ers season was basically decided early on. You know, this is once I started at the draft cycle um, back in 2017. So I, we're at seven years of doing this, about to be eight years in April. So, right? so April is whenever I told the John Chapman content creator. I don't know what to call myself. I, I, I People always ask me like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, sometimes I say YouTuber. Sometimes I say content creator. Sometimes I say podcast. I don't know what to say. Douchebag probably. <laughs> um, I, I was told not to say that word on here. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, it, I'm thankful for where we are. Now, we don't have draft picks in the first, second round, so that hurts for sure. So we got to go deeper. It, it's We're not going to be representing a lot of the national mock drafts that just do first round or maybe first and second if they're you know quality draft providers. But I'm thankful. I'm very, very thankful that we're not looking forward to mock drafts 10 months out of the year, right? Season starts September. I, again, I remember doing mock drafts like, all right, this season's pretty screwed. Let's start looking towards the future in October. Here we are in February and it's just getting started. Um, so Matt, I love you. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the super chat. We got you. Uh, <laughs> Crazy juice. What's going on? Um, yeah, I, I love this. Matt, yeah, he, he called me out. D-bag for sure. I love it. Uh, 49ers Jin Rome. I love that. Celestial Scripture says, just tell him you're a legend. Okay, I'll try that. Big Papa calls me the YouTube football coach. I like that. Um, Josh, he says, what would a deal for Brunskill run? This is new territory because Brunskill came over through the AFF or AAF. I don't know which one it is. Dyslexia strikes again. Remember that league shut down. We pulled him over here. He was a restricted free agent that got three deals. He signed a two-year deal, but you don't become an unrestricted free agent until you've had four toll years. Well, that just happened. So this is his first open free agency where he is in control. Before that, he just had to take what was out there. Now, he was a backup. And the, I, I'm going to tell you this, and I think this is very important. Kyle Shanahan, and more importantly, probably Scott Forrester, the O-line coach, absolutely loved Daniel Brunskill. He's literally played all five positions for the 49ers. Left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Played them all. Versatility 101. But 
He has also been around for so many other head coaches and offensive guys that have left the 49ers. So everybody's going to want him. He's going to have a draw. Initially, I would say five to seven million per year because, again, this dude was a backup rotating whatever else. But I think you might be able to get more. You're going to see contracts through the roof. So I wouldn't be shocked if he gets eight and a half million per, which scares me. Uh, he is older. He had bounced around the league quite a bit before he went to the AAF. So, yeah, we'll have to see there. We're, we're going to have to see where that is. Um, anyway, now let's jump into these awards. Now, you guys tell me where I get it wrong, okay? We're going to start off at the top and work our way down because I think a lot of the MVP, right, um, I think that's a relatively simple one. So, And I tried my hardest not to double dip. Sometimes I couldn't help it. So if you win the MVP award, you're not winning offensive or defensive player of the year. Does that make sense? So for MVP, you know, offense, defense, most important player uh, of this team for this season, it's Nicholas John Bosa. That dude, just unbelievable. Now, if you think there's anybody else that fits into that category that should be considered for that category, please put that in the chat. Um, there are, I mean, we got so many all pro players, whether that's Trent Williams, uh, CMC was incredible, but he was only here for part of the time. Uh, Fred Warner, you know, I mean, there are just studs. Ayuk, he's got to be considered just because of how well he played Kittle. Yeah, maybe. But for me, I thought this was probably one of the easiest ones. So because Bosa won the MVP for me, I removed him from the defensive player of the year award just for the 49ers. Obviously, he would have won both, but kind of like what the NFL does, the MVP is a quarterback-only award, and then that quarterback doesn't win Offensive Player of the Year. So I tried to follow that a little bit. So Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm going to put this up there, and I want you guys to throw in the chat who you think should win Defensive Player of the Year out of these four players. Again, Nick Bosa doesn't count because he won MVP. Okay, in no particular order, Charvarius Ward, uh, Fred Warner, Greenlaw or Hufunga. I think those are the four candidates for defensive player of the year. So I want to see you guys throw, just pick one, throw that in the chat. So Fred Warner, Greenlaw, Hufunga, Charvarius Ward, who would you slate as your defensive player of the year? Now, keep in mind, this was the best defense in the NFL. And it wasn't just the best defense in the NFL for the regular season. It was for the playoffs as well. You look at just exactly what the 49ers were able to do. Um, I just finished the first half defensive breakdown. That's up on Patreon. Dominated that first half. Dominated the first half. Now, you, you look at it and you're like, well, they got 21 points in the first half, so how could you say that? Not one touchdown drive, not one point drive on in the second half versus the Eagles. Every single uh, touchdown drive was aided by the refs. You had the first touchdown that was... Not a catch on fourth down. Should have been a turnover on downs. Um, then you had three muddled drives. They stopped before they got to half, uh, just the midway field point, the 50-yard line. Uh, punt, punt, punt. Then they got three first downs by penalties on their second touchdown drive. Two of those penalties were absolutely non-existent. Terrible calls. The third one was the Dre Greenlaw face mask. That was a legit call, but three first downs. Uh, two of those on third down and one on second and long. And yeah, and then you had even the, what's it called? The fumble at the end of the half by Josh Johnson. Just terrible. But defense dominated that game. They You held 
what's it called? You held the Eagles to like 250 total yards. So it's wonderful that you have so many defensive candidates. Now you guys came through. We got Greenlaw throwing up just Warner, Fred, Fred Warner, all pro Fred, Warner, Warner, Warner. It seems pretty obvious. LB1, Fred, Warner. Uh, Greenlaw did get some votes, but majority of these are Fred, 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 Fred. Greenlaw had better stats, didn't he? Um, Again, you, you kind of look at just the stats, and the, they were pretty close. So Fred Warner had 130 tackles, beat Warner by three, even though Warner uh, Greenlaw missed two games and was still only three tackles behind. But Fred Warner had two sacks, three tackles for loss, six quarterback hits. Dre Greenlaw, 127 tackles, no sacks, um, three tackles for loss, no quarterback hits. But uh, Greenlaw did have the interception, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and a defensive touchdown. But no, I think it's got to go. Uh, passes defense, six for Greenlaw, 10 for Fred Warner. And I'm with you guys. Uh, Fred Warner, he's the defense. There we go, uh, Jason. I, I love that comment. So my defensive player of the year is Fred Warner. Runners up were Greenlaw, Hufunga, and Charvarius Ward. All those were awesome. Now, let's flip it. Offensive player of the year. Who is your offensive player of the year? Um, CMC, you've got Purdy, Ayuk, you've got Trent Williams, you've got George Kittle. Throw it up in the chat. Let's see it. Let's get through these bad boys. Um, and let's see who you got for the offensive player. You can throw Jimmy Garoppolo in there. That's fine. Um, th there's a lot of quality players for sure on the offensive side again you got so many all pro players um and it's interesting because again you didn't trade for cmc until week seven i'm sorry week six yeah that's when he joined so he missed the first five games and really you know he came in and only played a couple series in that week six game or that sixth game for the the 49ers and that's that's rough and so we've got McCaffrey, CMC, Purdy, BA, Purdy, Purdy. Oh, no. I'm about to get fried over here. I think people are going to get mad at me. Oh, I love it, Mr. Relevant. I, I love this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to save that one, Josh, for later. I love it. Um, has to be Purdy, CMC, CMC, Purdy. I disagree with all of you. My offensive player of the year has not been mentioned by any of you. And I know the NFL would never give a award like this to a lineman, but I'm doing it. My offensive player of the year, and again, y'all can tell me I'm wrong, I'm going Trent Williams. Trent Williams, the best lineman in the NFL. He played all the games and was the best at his position by a mile, premium position. Now, CMC definitely deserve deserves it, but... He just missed that time, right? If he would have been here doing what he did from week one to the end, 100% would have been him. You could also say if Purdy was doing what he did from week one to the end, he would have got it as well. But the tiebreaker for me went to Trent Williams because he did it the whole year. It was just consistent start to finish. So I went silverback. Um, am I crazy? Uh, Ayuk was nice as well. But uh, yeah, Celestial says I'm not wrong. I know it's probably not the sexiest pick. But, um, hey, man, it's Silverback, baby. Crazy Juice, he accepts it. We got the sign-off. And I love that. I, I, I love your AVI. That is awesome. Oh, Matt, bringing out the emojis with the Silverback. I freaking love it, man. I love it. All right, Rookie of the Year. 
This one, I think, really just comes down to two players. Um, you got Brock Purdy, who was a finalist for NFL Rookie of the Year. You got Spencer Burford, who started week one and kind of rotated in and out. But um, I, I don't think this one's close. Uh, rookie of the Year's got to go to Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant. It's just absolutely incredible, unbelievable. Um, it was great from the start. And, you know, it's weird because I say great from the start with Brock Purdy, the start, whenever he came in. Right. And that was week seven. He, all the wins, all that stuff. I got an argument with my fantasy football chat uh, because I said, you know, in a redraft, if everybody knew what they knew now, which is impossible and this is, you know, whatever. Brock Purdy should have went top five. Now, everybody else who's not Niner fans in that chat was like, man, you're insane, you're a homer, whatever else, whatever else, whatever else. And I'm like, man, you look at two teams. Okay, the Houston Texans picked third, and the Jets picked fourth in the past draft. And if you're doing a redraft, Sauce is going to be gone. So, like, people are like, oh, you could just, you know, the Jets would have taken Sauce no matter what. He would have went number one overall. Like, he's that good. What quarterback would you rather have in this draft? Can he pick it? Malik Willis? Really? Like, quarterbacks are a need at such a huge position. You mean to tell me that Houston Texans know how Brock Purdy played and they're going to pass him at number three? I don't think so. It, you take Brock Purdy and he plays well, you keep your job as a coach, Lovey Smith. Period. And so, yeah, for this one, I, I didn't think it was close. Uh, I'm, I'm going Brock Purdy. And maybe I am a homer, uh, but uh, whatever, man. I'll take it. That dude, everybody, I think it was called like Shanahan's puppet in the chat. And I was like, dude, look what every other, look what Jimmy Garoppolo did. And look what he did. He bested Jimmy Garoppolo in every single category. He was, he had the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL. He had the best passer rating. He had the most wins. I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, Super Bowl is this week, and I hate it, and I want both teams to lose, and I'm pissed off, but I am going to be betting it. I'm going to be sharing a lot of my bets, and if you do bet, man, you got to bet with us on BetUS. Excited to announce our new betting partner, BetUS. They have the simplest platform that I've experienced, and it's very easy to get in. They have their props up all the time. All you got to do is use the link in the description of this video and or podcast, whatever you're watching or listening. Just That's going to take you there. You get a 125% sign-up bonus whenever you deposit at least $50. You get a 100% match on all your sports betting and a 25% free bet on a casino betting. They've got everything you need, whatever sport it is, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Futures, they've got so much stuff up on. It is so fun. We've been betting here for a while. We've done very, very well. So if you want to bet with us, head over to BetUS, but make sure you use the link in this description so that you get that bonus and it helps out the show Fast, easy payouts. Customer service is great. Um, first time I deposited with them, I called just to see how it would go. Talked to a human in less than like 10 seconds. It was simple. So check it out. Link in the description of this video. Bet with us at BetUS. All right. Uh, and I'm going to have all those posted over on Patreon. Um, all my bets for the Super Bowl. and We'll go through it. I love it. Uh, now, here we go. Let's keep going through these. Comeback player of the year. This was a two-horse race for me, um, and I'm curious to see which one you guys are going to say, but I think I already know your answer. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, 
or CMC. And people are like, wait a second. Why are you saying Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, yeah, he battled through injuries last year, but dude was rode off for dead this offseason. They weren't even letting him practice. <laughs> they basically kicked him out. Uh, and CMC. You know, those are kind of the two big ones for me. Um, but yeah, and you know what? I'll I'll put this, I'll play this clip. Shout out to the great Juan Salas. This is this was a clip that could have been cut last year. This is Kyle Shanahan being asked, is Jimmy Garoppolo coming back next year? No, I don't see any scenario with that. Yeah, no, I gotcha. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, not because I'm anti-Jimmy. I just think it's hilarious that you get a coach that is so forward and how much Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan love to throw shade at each other at press conferences it cracks me up, man. Um, and I don't, I'm not upset at either one of them. Like I love real and I love saltiness. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Jimmy's not coming back. I'm still getting emails and DMS, man. Why don't we sign Jimmy? Jimmy's the answer. Jimmy's the answer. Jimmy's the answer. Like what? And I'm just like, get Jimmy to come in as a backup. And I just keep telling people, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get $30 million a year on the open market period. This is the most quarterback needy NFL in the past 15 years. There are so many quarterback needy teams and you saw it happen the last four to five years with the changing of the guard, right? Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, Phillip rivers, Tom Brady. You had these guys that were mainstays for a decade plus and they're all dropping off. And now Tom Brady's gone, right? So, You've got to realize, look at the influx of quarterbacks coming in. And you look at the draft the last couple of years, there's not that many home run picks to take those places, right? Um, and so Jimmy's getting paid. So even if Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to come back as a backup quarterback on a very similar deal that he redid last year, I don't think Kyle would do it. I don't think he would. Kyle wants to move on, man. Um, and so anyway, we'll we'll take that for what it is. So my comeback player of the year, I'm going with CMC over Jimmy Garoppolo. This was put out by Matt Barrow. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. If you care about security and convenience, you need Eufy Video Lock. Let's just say you're sitting on the couch and you want to lock the door and you don't want to get up. Got you covered. You're wondering who's visited your house while you're away from home? Done. You want video that's stored on your device without a monthly fee? Ufi Video Lock has everything that you need. On top of that, it's easy to install. 
You, you don't even have to drill anything. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. That's it. Keyless entry, finger point recognition, no battery anxiety, and they have 24-7 customer support on standby for you whenever you need it. So if you haven't yet, go to Eufy Video Lock. You can Google it. You can check out the videos and all those things. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufe Video Lock. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Earlier today, CMC in the games that he showed up again, week seven or week six is when he showed up 1,509 total yards, total yards just for the 49ers. That doesn't count his time as the Panthers. Um, that's 362 more yards than any other person on the team, Brandon Ayuk. And he played every game. Uh, again, shout out to Barrow. So that's my comeback player of the year. Biggest surprise this year. And I went back and forth between two guys. And I'm just going to tell y'all who this is. My runner-up was Hufunga. I thought that dude was unbelievable. Uh, to make All-Pro in his first year starting. Do you remember how the Twitter like pissed off film guys were when, when they didn't sign Tart? And not that I am upset with Tart. Um, I'm not upset with Tart at all. And I love Tart. But... There was a huge, gigantic difference. And I'll tell you this, Hufunga didn't win, but he's my runner-up for this award. He had his, I think he had one of his best games in the NFC Championship. That dude was everywhere, making plays in the run game, pass game. And what was what was the one flaw of Hufunga was miscommunication and blown assignments, right? Which he struggled with in the middle of the year. Playoffs, that dude was as clean as could be. Clean as could be, was still making impact plays. I love Hufunga. Burford, he's another uh, runner-up. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But biggest surprise, got to be Brock Purdy. I, I would say if this was an NFL award, the biggest shocker or the biggest surprise or whatever is Brock Purdy. No Mr. Irrelevant ever has even taken a snap at quarterback or started one single game in the NFL, and this dude went and rattled off all those wins. Um, just absolute beast, man. And so, yeah, I think <laughs> Celestial says, yeah, I think Purdy qualifies as a surprise. Um, I, I think that's going to be huge. And, man, looking forward briefly, Josh, Hufunga with Wilkes, that's going to be insane. I, I agree. I tweeted out um, earlier just, you know, a list of players that Steve Wilkes has coached. Sean Taylor, Ryan Clark, Charles Tillman, Eric Weddle, Quentin Jammer, Jammer Buddha Baker, Patrick Peterson, like, it's almost not fair that he's getting 
Hufunga, who's already made an All-Pro, which is crazy. Oh, Sky, it, it's pointing up, man. Um, yeah, I'm just telling you right now, Hufunga's going to be for real. He's going to be for real. Now, biggest new addition, which is similar to Surprise, um, because, again, you, you added a lot of players, whether that's Burford, um, Hufunga was already with us, uh, Charvarius Ward, you got CMC. Like, they had some guys already. And I'm going CMC here. You know, I didn't – I had him at comeback player, but I would argue he's the biggest new addition for any team in the NFL that changed teams. Nobody had a bigger impact that switched teams this year. Nobody did. Um, in the entire NFL, you can talk about maybe A.J. Brown who got traded over. All right, cool. You can talk about maybe Tyree, Tyreek Hill who got traded over. But I'm going CMC over all of them over all of them. Now, this is one I want to turn to you guys. The Spirit Award. Who represents what the 49ers are on and off the field? Who has the most energy? Who has the most charisma? Who has the most, who plays with the most spirit on this team? So I want, I want you guys to put this into the chat. We still got a lot more awards, but who, who brought the most energy slash spirit um, of what the 49ers represent on the field. I'm curious. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the chat is agreeing with me. Um, and you guys even nailed some of my uh, runners up uh, with Armstead. I think he fit in there. Fred Warner, he fit in there as well. Huff, he fit in there. Those are my three runners up. But uh, Philip, the man, the myth, you nailed it. It's got to be George Kittle. Uh, that dude, it just look, uh, look at the – I'm glad when I get them right. Uh, what's up, Kevin? Yeah, Kittle, 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 Kittle. I love it. Um, I will say this, though. Fred Warner, that dude, he created Frankenstein and Brandon Ayuk all offseason, fighting him, fighting him, fighting him. And eventually, you know, Ayuk punched him in the face, which I love. And so, yeah, that's why he, he was my runner-up, was Fred Warner. And he's so much more animated than he has been in the past, and I like that as well. So, yeah, Stone Code Kittle, Kittle no contest. Yeah, Kittle is the energy of the faithful. I love it. I'm glad I got that one right. Um, now, here we go. This is a Chapman-created award. The Lunch Pell, the uh, people that do the dirty work, that don't get the praise, they don't get all of the, you know, awards and, you know, whatever. They just show up and consistently do the tough work. You know what I mean? And and they're the guys that show up and just do everything. Now, I had three finalists for this award. I Armstead was one of my finalists, but he missed a lot of time, and he's one of the highest paid, so that's why I put him as just an honorable mention. It came down to two players for me. Um, and Drake Greenlaw got paid this year, and he got a lot of hype, didn't get near as much as he deserved, so I didn't put him in this category. My final two came down to Tayshawn Gibson and Aaron Banks. Aaron Banks was unbelievable this year. And again, look what happened last year. Healthy scratch, healthy scratch, healthy scratch, bust. Nobody wants them. Unbelievable. Waste to pick. Could have had Creed. All those things. Comes out and just starts. Just starts and dominates. Almost nonstop. And you kind of look at, you know, how many games? He played 19 games. 19 games. Now, we were in 20, 
But uh, Aaron Banks is my winner here. One, you can't give enough credit to offensive linemen. Offensive linemen could be the winner of every damn award here, and I'd be very content with that. But Aaron Banks, we let Lakin go. Got a comp pick for it. Um, But you let him go. You let him walk. And Banks just slid right in and picked up right where he left off. Was he as good as Lakin? I don't think so. But, man, no issues. No qualms whatsoever. Uh, Freaking love Aaron Banks. I'm so excited to have him for a long time. Um, Now, here we go. Our Iron Man Awards, and I, I did one for the offense and defense. This, not really anything that I picked. Just went to uh, Pro Football Focus, and I wanted to see who took the most snaps, right? That's the Iron Man. Who's out there the most? And so I'm curious. I wanted you guys to guess. I know the answer. Who took the most offense and defensive snaps in your guess? So I want you to, in, your, in the chat, throw up one name for offense, one name for defense. Who do you think took the most snaps? for the offense and the defense. Uh, I'm curious to see how many people are going to get this right. Don't cheat. I'll give you the answers. But uh, just off the top of your head, because I think perception, a lot of times we get it wrong because we have these, the camera focuses on certain positions and it kind of disappears other positions, right? Especially that broadcast view where it's turned to the side. A lot of times the safeties aren't even in the picture. A lot of times you can't really see the offensive linemen. Uh, you can't see the corners a lot of time unless they're playing press. Man, hate broadcast view. Can't stand it. Um, but I'm, I'm liking these answers. I'm seeing Fred, Brendel, Trent on offense, Fred on defense, Williams and Gibson, Trent, Brendel, Lenore. Ooh, Lenore maybe would have been up there, but he was a slot for the first couple weeks until Mosley went down, then he swatched out. So uh, he missed some snaps because he was nickel, but, man, he was great. Uh, Brindle and Warner, Fred and Brindle. I love this. Offense, Brindle, defense, Hufunga. Ooh, and Dave coming in. Uh, hashtag CC, better late than ever. Love you, Dave. Glad you're here. A lot of close answers. Nobody got them both correct. On offense, third most snaps, Brandon Ayuk, 1,166. Second most snaps, Mike McGlinchey. 1,210, and the most snaps, the Iron Man Award winner for offense, Jake Brindle. Dude came through. Uh, dude came through. So Jake Brindle wins the offensive Iron Man Award with 1,252 snaps, a lot of snaps. Defensively, third place, linebacker one, baby, Fred Warner with 1,209 snaps. Second place, Hufunga, who was mentioned out there, 1,214. And first place, the oldest or one of the oldest players um, on this team, newcomer, Tayshawn Gibson wins the defensive Ironman award, uh, 1,221 snaps. He got seven more than Hufunga did. Uh, if you remember, Hufunga missed a couple plays. He got injured. He got a stinger, I think it was, and then just came back out there. Um, anyway, so that's where that is. And Jason, yeah, he says, Hufunga's going to be the next Troy Palomalo. The, the comparisons are there, and I love it. Uh, shot J says, go Gibson, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now still got some more awards. I, I want to get, you know, me, I always do too much, but before I get to those awards, the best way to support this show and the best place to get your off season content, man, we're going to be doing so much this off season. It's all going to be over on Patreon. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast. And as soon as you sign up, you get almost everything depending on the tier you pick. And if you're just interested in 49ers play, guess what? We have every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play 
from the last two and a half years. Every single game for the 49ers. Nobody else has this content. Now, not to mention we have extra episodes weekly. We've got scouting report breakdowns. We've got betting. We've got your one-stop shop for 49ers content. And if you want to be heard, guess what? We got Zoom Hangouts twice a month where we listen to you. Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google Patreon and 49ers. We're the first one that shows up. And, you know, one thing that we're going to add that we've never done before that I'm really excited about this offseason, we're going to have watch parties where we will, we're going to live back through the 1994 season. Um, I am building <laughs> my catalog of 1994 game film, uh, which if you guys have an opportunity or a place or a suggestion, I'm just using YouTube. It's kind of the best that I can find where we get together on Zoom and we watch a game. Um, because even though we ain't got football, I want to go back through the past. And so we're going to be going back through the 1994 season. I think I have seven full game tapes that I've found so far, but if you know of a way where I can get them all or the shortened versions or whatever, please let me know. We're going to get together. We're going to have our popcorn and our beer or whatever, and we're going to watch it together, um, and just have a good old time together. So that's what we're going to be doing on Patreon as well. Plus, uh, draft breakdowns. Going to be doing some breakdowns just on players, our football one-on-one series, all kinds of different stuff. Um, so uh, we will get that set up. We will get that set up. Jason, he says, we need John, Breezy, Raj, all on one podcast. Epic. I love it. Raj is awesome. Breezy, we're going to have lots of times. You know, he's he's part of the family. But, yeah, if you have people that you want me to have on the show as guests, email me. DM me. 49ersrushpodcast at gm.com. Not saying I'm going to be able to get everybody. But uh, if there's people that you respect and that you know and that you want on the show, I want to be there. Um, I will say this. I want to be on Mark Adams' show today. He just started a channel. Uh, he's 49ers Camelot. He's more of a writer for 49ers Web Zone. Great dude. Puts out great content. I'm going to be live on his show today at 3. Uh, so if you just want to check out Mark Adams, type that into YouTube. You'll see that there. Um, I love it. So anyway, that's what we're going to be doing. Now, a couple more awards. Breakthrough Player of the Year. This one, I went Dre Greenlaw. Now, I've been the president of the Dre Greenlaw fan club since we drafted him. Uh, I, one, I loved his story. I'm a foster parent. He's a foster kid that kind of you know raised up and came through a pretty terrible situation and got extended after week one. Uh, you remember the Aziz versus Greenlaw debates that used to happen? And not saying anything bad against Aziz. That dude getting paid this offseason, and he deserves it. But Dre Greenlaw, I thought, breakout player of the year for me. Uh, Should have been a pro bowler, maybe an all-pro guy, but should have been a pro bowler. There, There's not four linebackers better than Dre Greenlaw. There's not. Um, there's just not. Now, my backup for breakout player of the year, oh, Demo. Diamador Lenore, who got a lot of flack towards the end of the year, the dude gave up one touchdown all year and was probably the best defender in the playoffs. Got two interceptions in three games in the playoffs, shut down everybody he played against and played against some pretty damn good wide receivers. I'm pretty excited for Demo's future. Um, I'm hoping that he can kind of pick up where he has left off. That dude's a baller. And if Emmanuel Mosley can come back and Demo goes to the slot, holy freaking cow. Woo. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now let's do the pro football focus um, awards. Again, nothing that has to do with me. This is their highest grades, their highest grades. So let me turn it over to you. Don't look it up. 
in your opinion, who had the highest offensive grade and defensive grade for the 49ers for the cumulative season and playoffs? Who had the two highest pro football focus grades? One on offense, one on defense. Um, I am pretty sure nobody's going to get this correct. And look at Tarantino. He says, oh, Lord. And, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of an interesting way. I, I'm not the biggest pro football focus guy, but I do like how they do a snap per snap um, grade. Every single play gets graded, which I like. Um, and so, anyway, let, let's go through this. Let's see what you guys got on here. Trent Williams and Fred Warner. Incorrect. Neither one, Trent Williams or Fred Warner, were the highest graded. Banks and Gibson, uh, incorrect. Neither Banks nor Gibson are up there. CMC and Warner, nope. Neither one of those. Come on, guys. Um, 71 and 97. All right, we got one correct. Um, Bosa was the highest graded defender. He had a 90.6 grade. Runner-up was Warner with an 85.7, and then Charvarius Ward with an 81 grade. So we got Bosa on defense. He's the highest-graded defensive player from PFF. Who's the offensive player? Come on, guys. Let's, let's make this easy. I need you. I'm not going to tell you until it's messaged in this chat. I'm reliant upon you guys to get this correct. This is what I was do as a teacher where you, like, buckle down, and nobody's giving you the answer you need and or want, and you're just like, come on. Who is the highest-graded offensive player uh, from Pro Football Focus on the season? I, I need to see it in the chat. You guys are missing it. Come on now. And I, I'm just going to – let me just let you in on a little – Oh, there it is. Somebody listens to this show. No, it is not Ray Ray. No, it is not Kyle Juszczyk. No, it is not Debo. No, it's not Brindle or Purdy. It is none other than the John Chapman Fan Club – Again, I picked one guy this offseason that was an undrafted free agent, and I told everybody how good this dude was going to be and how he's going to make the roster over uh, the third-round pick last year. I don't even want to say his name. It's none other. Shot J coming in clutch. Jordan Mason, the highest PFF grade for all offensive players with a 92.9. Now, okay, I understand. Does that mean he's the best player? No, it doesn't. But he only played 86 snaps. Dude didn't have any negative plays. None. Um, I do wish Kyle Shedahead would have trusted him a little bit more. Um, but he's going to get his opportunities moving forward. Uh, Jordan Mason, the highest graded player, not only on offense, but also defense, right? Bosa had a 90.6. Jordan Mason, a 92.9 grade. Uh, Trent Williams was second with a 91.7. And then Kittle with an 85 Point seven. That's right. Good old Joe JP. Uh, <laughs> Celestial scripture says, yep, John, you got the receipts for that one. I, I was telling y'all, I, I don't get them all right. I get most of them wrong, but whenever I do get one, right. Um, I, I, I'm throwing that out there <laughs> and, and yeah, right there, Josh, he says he got fizzled out towards the end. Didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. I especially thought where Philly was most susceptible was their defensive interior. Now they loaded the box. But, man, should have freaking been running Jordan Mason. He did get some snaps in that game. I think I got, like, two snaps, but they didn't give him the ball once. Uh, wish I could have saw more Jordan Mason. Really could do. Now, surprise coach of the year or coaching job of the year. I had this kind of one of two things. I thought there were two coaches that, you know, definitely qualified. My winner was Brian Greasy. What he did with the quarterback room, unbelievable. Jimmy played the best ball of his career. 
You get your third string quarterback in there, comes out, just balls out. So Brian Greasy's my winner. My runner-up was Daniel Bullocks, who we get to keep. The safeties coach. Good gosh. I mean, could you have dreamt? Do you remember everybody just saying, like, man, we should have spent our first pick that we had in the draft on a safety? Golly, man. You've got incredible safety play. Tayshawn Gibson and then Talanohu Funga, just unbelievable. Yeah, John Holland, the linebackers coach, unbelievable. But I think that for me, the reason why I wouldn't go Holland is because you got all the talent in the world at the linebacker position. Now, he coached him up, so he deserves credit there. But kind of surprise coaches that I didn't see coming. Definitely Brian Greasy. That was a huge questionable move. You know, hiring somebody in the media that's never coached before. Unbelievable. And then the safety play. The 49ers last year defensively only had nine interceptions. This year you had 20. That's just in the regular season. Why did that change? Uh, because you're safeties. Nine of those interceptions were safeties. And so it just changed. It just changed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there he said, I wanted a right tackle. I got the receipts. Yeah. Right tackles are going to be hard to get, man, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's going on. Yeah. Forrester, Kevin, I think that's well said getting those first year linemen together and ready all three guys, you know, you got your interior guys, Banks, Brindle, Burford and Brunskill, the killer bees performed very well. McGlinchey was great. Uh, until he wasn't, um, when he misses, he misses bad. And yes, this I'm 100% behind and Terra Dome knows his stuff, man. I I've been, I've talked to him before. I think it was on nothing but Niners. Perhaps dude knows his stuff, man. Terror, that dude is unbelievable. Uh, he, he knows his stuff, man. So I yeah, love it. Now, a couple other things, special teams, uh, can't let special teams go. My special teams player of the year, Robbie gold, baby dude was unbelievable. Continues his playoff streak. He's coming back. My runners-up, Samuel Womack and Mitch Wisnowski, who I thought played really well. He got the extension, thought he played well. George Odom, I put him in there as well. But, man, Samuel Womack, you know, he didn't get the stats. That dude was lights out. And probably one of the things, if you watch <laughs> – all right, let's see here. How do I phrase this? When I do my Patreon breakdowns, I'm usually pretty chill. The times I've gotten the most upset this year – have been during special teams. Uh, I'm not a Schneider fan. I really am not. Did special teams improve this year? It did. Very, very poor coaching and personneling. Samuel Womack was like Pro Bowl level, all pro special teams player, and he pulled him and put him in like non-insignificant roles. Like he's one of the best gunner protectors there are and moved him to the middle and put Jackrabbit out there for the playoffs. And Jackrabbit had no speed, couldn't do anything. Uh, I was pretty pissed about that. So, uh, but yeah, Samuel Womack's unbelievable. I'm excited about him for the future, um, special teams wise. But I think that he's going to move into that slot role, especially. I, I do expect Emmanuel Mosley to be signed. I do expect Emmanuel Mosley to be on the pup list. I do expect him to eventually start midway point of the year. But I've, I'm telling you right now, I don't care who we draft, unless we make a big time free agent signing. But I doubt that at the corner position. I fully expect Samuel Womack to start week one in the slot role. And I'm pretty excited about him. Um, Pepper, he said, my answer from earlier without knowing the question. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I love Tabor Pepper. I thought this was his worst year. And again, like, was he awful? No. Did it lead to turnovers? No. But 
I found my way into coaching by being a special teams uh, long snapper. I was a long snapper in, in high school. I was going to be a long snapper in college and play defense. But I'm just going to be honest. I thought this was Tabor Pepper's worst year. Not that he was bad, but um, and again, I watched every single snap of special teams, uh, every single game. I did miss one, not going to miss one. And he is solid. He's great. But I thought for him, I thought it was his worst year. And I'm hoping that it elevates a little more, especially early on when we're missing some stuff and getting some stuff blocked. A lot of that was on Pepper. Um, but he shorted up. He got better. He improved. I just want more consistency. Um, last two awards, best at the podium. Who was the most fun to go through all of those uh, press conference clips? And I feel like this player did too well. Because he was so damn entertaining, they pulled him. <laughs> and they wouldn't let him go back to the, the press. And that's none other than Charvarius Ward. Holy freaking cow. Mooney Ward, that dude just needs a mic. Uh, I've tried to get him on the show, and I've tried to get him on the show. It's hard to during the season. I'm going to keep trying to get him on the show because that dude is just hilarious. Bosa and Jimmy Ward are my runners up because they are just hilarious. You know, Bosa's always, you know, sideways and just like, yeah, well – yeah, well, yeah, and uh, uh, like that's just who he is. And I feel like Jimmy Ward has like a how do I say this? He's been injected with truth serum. That dude could not lie if he wanted to. Uh, he just says exactly what he thinks all the time. Consequences be damned, and that is a beautiful thing in today's society maybe a little too honest <laughs> but uh, just awesome so charvarius wards my winner and then practice squad player of the year the 49ers gave these out uh Quant quantrez knight again you know my two players that i kept saying and kept saying and kept saying were jordan mason on offense and quantrez knight on defense that dude's gonna step up and i'm just telling you uh he's he's a damn good player whether you know, and he, he does everything. Slot's probably his best spot. Outside corner or safety, he can play as well. But I expect Quantrez Knight to follow in the past steps or the steps of Emmanuel Mosley, you know, who was an undrafted free agent, kind of rose and rose and rose and rose. Quantrez Knight, man, that dude going to be around. <laughs> I love that, Knight Rider. I love it. So that's the last award. Um, hopefully tonight ends, depending on when you're listening to this. Again, we're recording on Thursday. Hopefully the night ends with the 49ers winning a couple awards. I feel like Nick Bosa is a lock for defensive player of the year. There's nobody even close uh, that can get to it, but uh, excited for that one. And look at this. Oh man, Josh, he says, John, but who was the worst in your opinion on both sides of the ball? Oh, I don't like this question. I don't like this question, um, but I like Josh and he's the man. Two players that probably okay. Let me rephrase this. Not who's the worst. Who pissed me off the most? Can I? Is that okay? Now this doesn't mean that they didn't have a lot of good plays, but the two players that literally pissed me off the most, Mike McGlinchey for sure. Uh, the first month of the season, then he was awesome for eight weeks. Then the playoffs, he went back to the old McGlinchey, just getting posterized. Um, so Mike McGlinchey on offense for sure. Defensively, oh. It was bittersweet because Jimmy Ward struggled. He, it wasn't his fault. He played in a position he didn't want to play. Uh, Jimmy Ward had a lot of bad plays, a whole lot of bad plays early on. And he he, he shored him up. So I, I'm going to combine this 
because Jimmy Ward early, but he fixed a lot of those. Eagles game didn't play great, but played all right. And then I'm going to go Javon Kinlaw late, coming off the worst game of his career. So if, if you're just looking at <laughs> Sintas, don't answer that. Um, those are the two players that probably upset me the most. Uh, that would be there. And I, I throw in Jake Brindle too. Because Jake Brindle was so good in pass pro, so good in pass pro, but so bad in run uh, in the running game. But he was consistent and always there, and I thought that he had a good year. It, just because they upset me, it doesn't mean, I don't know, it doesn't mean that they're bad. That's not what it is. Every single player can do something better. Even Trent Williams, who's you know my offensive player there. Even Bosa, who's my MVP. There were plays that they made mistakes. He played 1,200 snaps, man. And it's a lot of snaps. But those are the players that kind of upset me probably the most. Um, if you got any uh, more hypotheticals or awards you want to throw up, we got a couple more minutes. You can throw them up in the chat real quick. Sean says this. How about the Sunrise Award? I like that. Good things this year. Brightest future. High expectations going forward. I don't think Talano Hufunga's met his his ceiling. I'm so excited for what that like. I'm talking defensive player of the year type player. Like that's where I see this going. The person I said this whenever the 49ers hired Steve Wilkes. The player that's going to benefit the most from Steve Wilkes is none other than Hufunga, who was an All Pro player this year. That dude, good gosh, sky's the freaking limit there. Um, on offense, I'm going Burford. I wouldn't be shocked if he's starting right tackle next year. Wouldn't be shocked. That dude has all the potential in the world. Burford is for real. Now, he's got to clean some things up, but he's got the athleticism, the anger, and the footwork to do whatever he wants to do. And so maybe you keep him at right guard, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's right tackle, and I'd be okay with that. So uh, that's where we are now. I'm I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it. I, I got another show here uh, in just about two hours, so I got to do some research and prep on that. That's gonna be a Mark Adams. If you want to type that in on um, the YouTube's, if you want to see that. But uh, you guys are awesome. Been a lot of fun. Always good time. Uh, and man, you guys are the best. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.